we're actually going to split every episode up into since there's three hosts this week we'll split it up into three parts and we'll release all of our audio separately people have to put it together mm-hmm. i'm gonna hide the urls where you can retrieve these audio files on our website that uh not a lot of people visit but a surprising amount of people visit okay Surpri- that's good that it's surprising yeah. amount. i have it bookmarked we we do appear just in searches every once in a while oh. and i partially attribute this to the fact that when i bought the url which is renewing in a few days by the way when i bought that i also noticed that movieessays.com was free and i was like well no one wants to read our essays but i'm gonna buy it anyway because so that seems like a good investment that does, maybe yeah i could see that. you can go to movieessays.com and it'll take you to the film site hold on damn well we're trying it out oh unbiased third party giving it a go yeah it works ain't that something it's a little it's a little weird to it doesn't look like a good like url link but hmm. like film film says well that bad boy only costs us 300 dollars a month so pretty good deal <laughs> it's true i'm just waiting for the day that some uh big wig uh production uh like film criticism program is like what about that url we want that and then they come to me like we want to buy it from you I'm like okay million bucks they could do my proposed business model, which is find a bunch of film students, buy or have them donate their film essays that they wrote for college and publish them on their website mm. under like their name because <laughs> 90% of film articles I read are indistinguishable from freshman film essays. Oh, That's no. how you do it. You guys want to uh, read my, my essay about Ozu? Oh, I'd love to. Which, which Ozu are we talking about? Because I'd love to get into that. There's now two Ozus in my life. There, there are two very different Ozus. Do we want to do our our usual check-in? See what we've been watching and stuff. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Yeah, sure. Oh no. Well, okay. So Chandler, uh, other oh, Chandler. We have two Chandlers on the podcast again. The other one. What did you come on here for the other time? Solo. Yes, we Solo. talked, we talked Solo about our Solo, Solo and Cure, Curse, Cuss, Cure, Curse, yeah. Cure. That's right. Good, good two episodes. So good shows. we got him back because he's a great guest. And honestly, it's I'm just their cheapest option. So, <laughs> uh, second cheapest. Mm. Who's no first? guest is the, the cheapest uh, option. You make me feel so much better. Well, Chandler, what have you been up to, movie movie wise? Watched anything interesting recently? This Chandler, or the other Chandler. You, Chandler, the guest Chandler. Guest Chandler. Okay. Um, I've been going through the Bergman box set. Oh, <laughs> did you did you recently get that? Uh, not too recently, but like the last Criterion sale, I picked it up. Yeah, I picked it up during the uh, the Barnes and Noble sale that last yeah. month. I'm I've been very surprised by Bergman. I wasn't expecting to like it too much. Context: So all I've really seen was Seventh Seal. <sighs> That was really it, actually. But just like looking into Bergman, I thought that he was going to be a little bit too, I guess, filmy for me. He's Somber, very artsy. Could... He's like yeah. the quintessential and, and, art. And I'm for artsy film, but like in a di- like that really somber, yeah, like. Uh... Well, yeah, I like art house 
too but a lot of the art house i like is very you know stylistically distinguished whereas bergman right. i feel like cultivated bergman's sort of like a aesthetic. yeah very classic art house very like hollywood art house very like yeah still a still a traditional movie but just dealing with like i don't know bad fathers death religion uh, the meaning of existence the swedish living in sweden being a swede <laughs> the worst fate <laughs> the terrible toll that takes on mankind that no, I, I agree that that's that's always been my aversion to bergman as well but every bergman i've seen i've liked now that i've yeah now that i've seen them though the, totally. the first one on the the set mm-hmm. smiles of a summer night yeah that really blew me out of the water i was like damn this guy can actually be funny it's a legitimately just good time yeah. movie yeah and what's even better about that film um in in the book uh, bergman basically was talking about how if that movie didn't do well he would just kill himself like just just full stop yep. <laughs> like this this really lighthearted comedy <laughs> you know just imagine him making this really silly comedy and then being like the whole time just like it's i'm going to i'm going to end it I would if, love if it he flops. was going through a lot of stuff in his life at that no point, kidding, and no then kidding. suddenly he makes a comedy, and people are like, "Oh, let's watch this. let's let's send it to Khan. Let's see how it does there." Yeah, and then you know, a few years later, he's making Seventh Seal, which is like another like same kind of film, but very different. Mm-hmm. I just picture him at the Khan Film Festival at the premiere, having a little microphone addressing the audience before the premiere, saying, "Laugh or I'll fucking kill myself." <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> Oh, that would have been funny, but he wasn't even there. Didn't even know it was at Con. He did. That makes it even that's funnier, tragic. though. He d- yeah, he didn't even he didn't even know that Svenska film sent it to cons. Damn. And this then he read the no newspaper confidence. that said he won it. Oh shit! <laughs> the most probably the most anticlimactic uh, winner winning of Con ever. Totally. Well, while sitting on the bathroom stall. <laughs> he was loading the oh, shotgun well. as he read it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, anyways, that's what I've been watching. How far have you gotten in there? Um, I just watched Hour of the Wolf, which is a little oh, okay. Not quite center, but yeah, I just basically finished um scenes from a marriage and that little that little spin. So what's your favorite one so far? Crazy times. That? Um I really liked, what was it, Summer Interlude? Really interesting mm-hmm. one because, you know, it's, it's it's a very Bergman film, but he's still young. And it's just like this really interesting, silly little young person drama, but it also just takes this crazy turn. <laughs> An Hour of the Wolf that I just saw, too, was really awesome. Um... It took some really like Lynch esque turns. Like there are some some moments just like straight out of Twin Peaks in it, and I I love it. It's a it's a good one. Well, that that makes me want to watch it. Totally, Perfect. yeah. Like there's it's Twin Peaks esque. A, a little a little dry in the front, but once things start to go downhill, it uh it gets its momentum. Well, I don't know if you know this uh, other Chandler, but my favorite film of all time is Fanny and Alexander. So I am ah. eagerly awaiting you cool. getting getting to yeah, that. Yeah, that one's like that one's like the last one, right? So it's like Yep. I will eventually get to that. Time it up so you watch it at Christmas time cuz that's probably the best time to watch it. Yeah. 
Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I'll watch because that was also one that was like a, a TV and also a theatrical. Yeah. Play, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I watched watch it the first time TV. last year. I watched the TV version. I think this year I'm going to watch it again, but I'm going to watch the theatrical version. Jacob- TV version's better, if you ask me. But if you ask uh, Mark Kermode, uh, he says the theatrical version's better. But Interesting. He's just wrong. <laughs> what? But that's okay. Mark's never wrong. Mark is Excuse Mark me. is wrong sometimes. Mark Mark is constantly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing. I'd say that Mark has uh Mr. Kermode has some interesting opinions. I wouldn't say he's wrong. Well, no one's wrong. Right. It's a completely subjective. Well, no, he's wrong about Fanny and Alexander. Well, he's also wrong about <laughs> under the Silver Lake, but you don't see me crying about it, Jacob. Well, that, I don't think that's as uh does he does he not like the TV version or he just prefers the theatrical version? He just prefers. He did a he did an introduction for it. Mm-hmm. He does introductions for a bunch of movies on the BFI player. And uh he just recommended the the theatrical version. Oh yeah, which, it's it's very it's very egregious because now people are just gonna be watching the theatrical version, and I can't have that. He also <laughs> uh prefers the remakes of both Breathless and The Wages of Fear, which I think is interesting. Huh. Speaking of Breathless, I rewatched that recently. You did. I saw that you gave it a hmm. a much more positive score than I would have imagined. I did. It was a entirely different experience the second I time around. And for some context for other Chandler uh, and for our audience, I have gone through a binge of Godard's work from his modern stuff and his older stuff. And I think I'm at 15 of his movies now I've seen, mm-hmm. which is far more than i ever would have expected to have watched that's a, that's a lot and, <laughs> to get into yeah yeah and breathless was of course the first godard i ever watched and so after mm. watching a bunch of other ones this past month i returned to it and it, with context and with knowing him and after watching the criterion the bonus features on the criterion and reading a bit of of godard's thoughts from around that time i think it's a really good movie oh no Hmm. Now it is it's hard to explain because I, I I do think that there's a lot of baggage that it comes with that it's hard to get into. But I think at least with Breathless, I misread it the first time. Hmm. And it was a lot more fun the second time. This doesn't this doesn't go for other Godards, which I rewatched, uh, like Contempt and Weekend. I still find those intolerably boring. But Breathless, I think, I I was mistaken the first time I watched it. Interesting. I have yet to have that revelation. Yeah, I don't know what it is because I, I do think it is. It's a tad a tad bit too long. Um, pacing's a little a little wonky, but it was just more interesting watching it and having a much better picture of Godard as a director over the years and where he started, and a lot more just general cinematic education since I first watched it. So. I don't know. Uh, not everyone's cup of tea, but I do recommend revisiting it at some point. Cool. We're going to have to eventually. Oh, yes, we are. It'll be a while. We have a, we have a few Godards to, to get through before that. <sighs> what do you think of Godard, Chandler? <laughs> this Chandler. Uh, yeah, I've only ever seen Breathless 2. And I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as good as people no <laughs> say it is yeah but i i certainly never had a moment while i was watching it that confused me 
like people say it did or I don't know it wasn't too hard to follow for me I think what mostly just might throw people off is like the pacing because basically for the first half it's this very quick and and fast crazy life of this dude dodging cops and all that and then there's like a 20 minute scene where they're just lying around in the bedroom yeah a lot of smoking so i mean that was still a bit slow everything around it got got better for me yeah yeah also just kind of ends yeah yeah just like okay I just remember the guy Which the honestly guy is an insufferable ass. He kinda, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's probably the point. Maybe. Or he could just I don't know. Wrench. I don't know. There's no <laughs> real difference. It's also interesting that I had the actress in that film. Her name Jean Jean Seberg. Mm-hmm. Jean Jean? Jean. I don't know. Terrible at pronouncing names. I think we've already established this. Mm-hmm. I'd actually seen she was in an Otto Preminger movie. Bonjour Tristesse, which is actually in English, although it is a French title. So it was interesting seeing her in a another role because I don't think she's been in many things. But yeah, yeah, just more context gives that film uh, a better, makes it a better experience. Totally. It has, it does have a very nice Criterion cover, though. I'll say that. Yeah, I have to say that the Criterion in general, I am really, really glad I purchased it. It is a like, very nice Criterion. It, it's filled out with good bonus features that kind of do a good job of explaining it. And I, I, I sent you a Snapchat about this, but Godard, there's a few in interviews with Godard, and he's a completely different man oh, no. than I was expecting and that I, I know of him from like later in life mm-hmm. where he became like this old curmudgeon. But he, he was a lot more subtle, very kind of a nice guy, hmm. shy. That's shy. Mm-hmm. He's interesting. Very I'm sure he's different though. on set, but I don't know. It's very surprised this one got a digipack, though. What have you been watching, Jacob? Uh, that's it, amongst other things. Watch Vera Drake. I did. Mm. Yeah, Vera Drake's good. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the, the... I got The Immigrants uh, during the, the Barnes & Noble Criterion sale, and three-hour-long film about Swedes moving to the, the United States. As settlers, probably the the definitive version of settling America I've ever seen. And just for that, it is worthwhile. Well, I can't really think of any other movies about settling America, but this one in particular was. Yes, there was a lot of sickness. Oh, great! The only thing that you know, only movie I've watched that's similar to that is um, Meek's Cut Off, which hmm. isn't necessarily about settling, but the journey to settling. It was one of the most boring movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and yet, beautiful. I'm excited for First Cow. Because at least it will be boring and there will be a cow. And it'll look good. No, they always look good. I I am a sucker for a nice shot of a babbling brook. If that brook is babbling and that water is crisp and I can hear it all, I don't care what else. I don't care what comes after it and precedes it. Mm. I just need that brook. Just a quick rundown. I did... I am 99% of the way through the uh, Jacques Tati set. I just have Parade left. Oh. But I've seen all of the uh, the Monsieur Hulot movies. And Tati is just a wonderful, wonderful man. He's a and joyous man. He should have made more. He should have. I, I wish he had made 100 movies and I just have one. To be fair, he, he had, didn't he have a hard time getting his movies funded? Yeah. 
well that's the story of a lot of uh, famous directors but him more so because it was like he yes. wanted to build little towns yes and particularly hard funding i think after playtime which was just huge a huge production playtime is a miracle it is a miracle that movie exists yeah um but his film mon uncle uh my uncle is the best thing i've seen by him so far damn or, let me let me rephrase that it's my favorite thing i've seen from him by far by far yes playtime's good and all but it's kind of there's there's not much there's no, to there's relate on. to it's just it's just other fun. Than, there's no like characters it's just fun interesting things happening on screen which may or may not be your cup of tea but mononcle really had uh personality to it oh. it's just a lot of fun it's a lot of dichotomy between like the old france and the new france and there's a lot of characterization going on in there that more so than other tati films and it's just good. I really recommend it. Like it was just a fun, fun watch. Thorough. Hmm. I've still only seen Playtime. Yeah. That was another box set I wanted to get, but instead I graced myself with the Cassavetes box set. Equally as fun. <laughs> Is it though? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chandler. What uh, what have you been watching? I, well, compared to last month, I've I've severely cut back. I just want to point out, Jacob, that I was locked in a room for four weeks. Do it with nothing but time to do nothing but watch movies, and you still watch. You mean you you want to point out to Chandler? Well, yeah, you're right. Sorry, uh, but in that month, you still managed to watch more movies than I did. Wow, I mean, some people. Yes, I. Some people wish for that. I was averaging like <laughs> two a day. I think your extra watching pushed me to watch more. Can let me have one month. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted it. If you had asked, I would have given no, it to you. Well, either way, because of that whole month, this month has been a little lighter. Um, mm-hmm. Since the last since the last time we recorded, I'd watched Topsy Turvy right before that. So I've only since then, I've only watched five uh, movies. Three of them Michael Lee movies. High Hopes, All or Nothing, Secret and Lies. All great. Finished There Will Be Blood an hour ago. Still great. We'll get to it. Uh, Logan Lucky is great. I've seen it like three or four times and it's it's nothing amazing, but I've seen it so many times because it's fun and I really enjoy Daniel Craig acting like a southerner and Adam Driver (laughs) is hilarious. Uh, Have you seen it, Jacob? I have seen it. Yes. Do you remember the scene where Adam Driver goes cauliflower? I don't know. Well, I don't really remember. That's much from it. fun. It just was kind of a middle of the road movie for me. It well, it a lot of it is middle of the road, but there's one scene that always kills me, and that is when I don't know if you remember, but Daniel Craig's character is like a demolition expert, right? And Adam Driver and Channing Tatum are both trying to break in. They're trying to steal a bunch of money from a like a NASCAR race, so they break mm-hmm. Daniel Craig out of jail for a day, so he can do the explosives or whatever and bring it back into jail, and they. They, he asked for like supplies and it's nothing but like a little bit of baking powder and I don't remember gummy bears. I don't remember, but it's a very simple process and they're like rushing to blow up the wall to get to the money. And they're like, this is all that you wanted. We could have done this. And then just in the middle of a heist, Daniel Craig is explaining how chemistry works by writing in chalk on a wall in the room that they're breaking into. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny to me. It's always funny to me. It's a pretty good movie. But a majority of what I've been watching is a full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. 
I finally finished the first season and it's good. <laughs> I I don't know where to begin. Well, I've only seen the one season. This is a whole conversation in and of itself. And I just want to get your, your general opinion. Where are you? Did you watch any of season two? I watched the first did episode you... of season two because I wanted to see how the Okay, so happened. you closed out that little hint chad of an episode. Um, okay, good. The, the first episode of season two, I just kind of think is like that's actually the it's, end it's of pretty season much. one. I might have watched. No, I don't think I did. Uh, but general thoughts. Um, it's very good. It's it, I love the way that it introduces this world. It doesn't do it. It doesn't front load all the exposition for the first episode. It spreads it off across the first three or four. I love every character. Major Armstrong is my favorite. And I also love the badass teacher lady and her giant bear white uh, husband. I don't remember their names. Uh, but yeah, um, it's very anime-y. And I don't watch a lot of anime. I carefully choose it to be as non-tropey as possible. And it is very tropey in a lot of the character designs and the animation. But it doesn't really bother me at all. Um, I just love the the Ehrlich, the Ehrlich, Eric brothers or Ehrlich? Elric, Elric. Elric brothers. I love them. They're, they're cute. The, I, I, I enjoy Alphonse more. Um, I find their, their, their journey compelling. I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing yet. It's just consistently good. It's fun. It's short. I can watch like two or three episodes in a sitting. And I enjoy it. Yeah. Very dark. Not only in the like, you know, episodes where, you know, horrible shit happens to people, but the constant challenging of like the the glorification of military. I think it portrays the the moral ambiguity of a military state very well. Um, which I was surprised at, to be honest. Yeah, so allow me to make kind of an overblown metaphor or comparison here. It full metal alchemist is like breaking bad mm-hmm. in that it is one of the best examples of sustained storytelling in that many TV shows, even TV shows that tell a continuous story often have episodic elements to them. Yeah. That there's diversions and it's not always going in a in a straight line mm-hmm. breaking bad you get the feeling that like you, you start it and there's a forward momentum to the end of that of the five seasons mm-hmm. and it's telling one continuous story and there's a lot of references callbacks building upon earlier events uh, revisiting of characters full metal alchemist is the the anime version of this in that it is astounding that over 64 episodes and partially this is because it was written as a manga first and had a lot of planning and the the tv show is essentially a very direct adaptation of that and what what makes it really great is that when you finish it you just realize how brilliantly constructed the structure is the story of it is because it starts and there are there's almost no filler episodes to the entire thing the whole thing is story to the first episode to the last episode it is building a narrative. It is introducing you to characters constantly. It is by the end of the show, y- you said, Chandler, you said that you like a few characters. Yeah. 
And that's already a lot of characters. And you're just going to keep piling that. It's going to keep giving you more and more unique individual characters and personalities to root for and care for. And you haven't even really gotten into the, the really had the time to sink your teeth into the villains of the, of the show who are as equally as compelling as anything that has ever been in anime and just kind of TV in general. Well, I haven't gotten that. It is just because I hate the villains. It's kind of astoundingly good in that it is an example of storytelling over form in that the, the anime esque nature of it is not always like, we're not talking like there will be blood levels of visual brilliance here. Mm -hmm. It's very simple. There's often just static backgrounds, characters talking. It leans into those anime tropes of where sometimes like the animation goes super low quality and it's just making jokes and quips. Yeah. And it it's very much that. But the fact that it works so well is a testament to the fact that the narrative is so well built and constructed. And it's just well, the actions goes also to show you that it's narrative that is trumps everything. I like I like the action a lot too. My favorite fight so far was um when they broke into the prison, they found the other two hollow suits of armor. Mm. It, was, it was fun. I like the design of the butcher. Barry the butcher. Mm -hmm. He's fun. Yeah, you'll see more of him. Again, you, there is so much callbacks, references that nothing is wasted. You'll nothing. You're going to get to the end and you're going to realize how interconnected the whole thing is. It's also very philosophical, which. Well, they've wild, already gotten to that so. point. The whole bringing life. Like, I like the way that it. I like the philosophical nature of it, especially in the, the episode where it's a flashback to the Ehrlich brothers, Elric, whatever, on the island. and they All is one and one is all. Yeah. And they learn about how we're just nothing but constant changing states of matter. I thought that's interesting. That's the whole basis of Very important. The, the little ant metaphor that mm -hmm. uh, Edward makes. That's going to come back. Oh, spoiler. I love it. I love it so much. But we, we are move i don't want to keep talking about anime. that forever so we have we have a guest here and we can hi. get into our the meat of our episode 30 minutes in hi so who wants to introduce to tommy Gatsby? i think i assume that's chandler where we're gonna start because other chandler is how i got into this oh it's me all right yes i'd like to hear the story too of how we all got into it but yes okay. chandler begin by introducing what we're talking about Today we were talking about the Tatami Galaxy, uh, which started as it's called it was known as a campus novel by Tomohiko Morimi uh, in 2004. But what we're talking about is the anime adaption, which was made in 2010. Yeah. Yes. Uh, directed by Masaki Yuasa, who also made. Night is Short, Walk On Girl, which you guys talked about. And that story was also written by uh, Tomohiko Morimi. So the two have a little working relationship. And it appears in this. It does. Yeah. I, had a, I had a Rick Dalton moment. <laughs> the story is rather simple, all things considered. It's a story about an unnamed protagonist who is uh, studying at Kyoto University. And has this dream of a rose-tinted college or campus <laughs> experience, life, whatever you call it. 
where he's gonna be friends with everybody and all the girls will love him and he's gonna be the absolute best man ever and so he joins clubs to see what they're like and maybe they can be his chance to obtain this life only to be amazingly thwarted by the realities uh, of life represented by his schoolmate Ozu uh, which I'm sure we'll talk plenty about only for by the end of it to wish that he could go back in time which is granted and we start all over again with different clubs and different attempts on I don't know just getting laid basically <laughs> having the ro- the rose colored college years yes exactly <laughs> yes so where where did we all begin with this well so chandler no, other chandler had seen it a while before um there was uh, another person on the criterion discord who um had stated multiple times that he didn't really like or watch animated movies and he didn't really like or watch anime um and we have a lot of the same tastes, so one day I just suggested to him, like, you should watch Night of Short Walk On Girl. It's probably my favorite, mm. both anime and animated movie. He watched it, and he agreed. He loved it, said it was one of his new favorites. And then he suggested that we watch Tatami Galaxy. And then Chandler's other Chandler chimed in and basically started a, like, Discord-wide group viewing and like filtered it out over a few days it was like a schedule where we were supposed to watch them all um and yeah that's what it got literally got me to buy the blu-ray like on the spot and i had oh, it yeah. the next huh. day and yeah i still have it i know actually i just sent it to a friend but yeah i watched it all i watched like two or three episodes a day every day for a week until i was done yeah actually i think the last day i watched like five or six and i watched it like two oh. in the Hell, like, because yes, that was that's I, the way to do it. Yeah, that's exactly no. Because I felt like the way no the way that it was working up. Okay, the first time I ever watched the night of short walk on girl, I watched it like midnight on a Saturday, uh, and I saw the trailer, so I knew it was vaguely related to alcohol. So I had a drink made and <laughs> made, and I watched it kind of buzzed, and I was like, "It is a great movie to watch at two in the morning." I think it's got that nighttime aesthetic, and this one is similar. Um, but I'm glad because the the ending episodes specifically are very they have a feeling of isolation that I think really um, was highlighted by me being alone watching at two in the morning. Yeah, there's some episodes you should pair together, but I would generally say that there's like a four or five episode arc that you should pair together. There's a three episode arc. Oh, yeah. with Okay. Well, t- just to start yeah. off. Um, yeah. And then the last two episodes yeah. are essentially just one episode. But Well, just to mm-hmm. preface this, this show is very. The way that the for there's a formula to this show where at the beginning we get to see that I'm just going to call him Senpai because that's what he was called in that short walk on girl. Our main character, Senpai, realizes that he's at the end of college and he didn't live that college life. So he wishes to go back to the beginning and start over and try something new. So pretty much every episode from there on is him going all the way back to the beginning and starting a new life at a new club. But what I think is interesting is that every time he restarts, the same people fall into his life in different ways. And a lot of these Mm. people are people that appear in Night of Short Walk on Girl, or at least they're the same designs. I don't know design. if they're the same. Yeah. Not they're the not, same they aren't technically okay. the same characters, but they take um, 
they take cues from each and, other. And yeah, and their their personalities are similar. The biggest difference is that um, I, I'm really bad with the names. Uh, the night is short. Girl, the main girl is in this, but she's like a completely different personality, or that, at least the design. They're like polar opposite personalities. Uh, my favorite is always Mafune guy. <laughs> Oh, big, which one is your uh, Yeah, big chin to Mifune man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big chin. Go because uh, Higuchi. I yeah, because yeah. you know he dresses up like him and he does the chin rubbing thing. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. That's just like the best character design. It really is awesome. in the show. <laughs> I he, so he is the same from both. Uh, He's the same character. He is the same character, um, because in this. He's an eighth year um, oh, at the yeah. college. Um, and, you know, in a night in short, he's a graduated uh, just sort of rambler. I'm, I'm just going to pull up the character list because this is getting impossible. Yeah, I have it here. I'm looking at it now. So this was my first watch of it. I, I'd heard many good things from Chandler. And uh, when I said... When I told other Chandler I was going to watch it, I also heard good things from him too, obviously. And it it was it's eleven episodes. So, in terms of like anime in general, there's just this well known thing fact that a lot of series just don't go anywhere. <laughs> they don't end sometimes, and when they do end, they end terribly. Like One Piece. I'm pretty sure One Piece is. Yeah. Still yeah. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, but a, a lot of anime, they just kind of like dip because either they lose funding and they can't finish or they just don't know how to end it. Mm-hmm. And this was mercifully not one of those. And mm-hmm. they tend to always, the ones that actually end well are typically the great ones. Uh, funny how that that typically lines up. I mean, if you have a good <laughs> ending, if you have a ending at all. It's just shows in general, though. That's not necessarily an anime. Uh, Although it is it, more... It's, of an anime problem than like it's it's very yeah well the anime factor is that a lot of them don't get they can't get the budget yeah to just continue and they just stop mm-hmm. a lot of anime just stop in general anyway the point being is that this was a very weird viewing experience on a, uh, on a few <laughs> levels uh one because chandler created a confusion for me in the beginning <laughs> that took me a little bit to Wait, get me or over the other one you oh. <laughs> Because you said that Ozu was uh, the same character from the the movie. It, it wasn't like that didn't affect my viewing. It just kind of yeah. like I was like, when is that going to factor in in any way? Right. And it didn't. Just like, oh, well, Chandler was wrong. Especially considering that Ozu is much older in the Tatami galaxy. Yeah. He's like a kid child. in Night Short. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess he is a god, so he could be. Maybe he's a uh, a Benjamin Button type oh, no. maybe, being. Maybe. <laughs> Although I should mention that um I've started reading the novel of mm-hmm. oh damn it not the novel for this um the night is short walk on girl I started reading that novel oh yeah and it's very different in many ways but I think in that one uh the god mentions that he's like a few hundred years old or something like that so. Who knows? And he's just chilling at used book fairs. Yeah. Well, used book fairs probably didn't exist all that long in I still, Japan, I've never so. seen them. Is that a Japan only thing? It's a common thing in Japan. I like, air, I like them. Used book fairs, whatever. Actually, the 
interesting connection here. The used book fair, that set design oh, kind of reminds yeah, yeah. me of the of a brighter summer day. Oh. Which part? The sort of the outdoor market. Different. The outdoor market in a Brighter Summer Day. Yeah. Pretty has a similar at night. It's usually shot at nighttime. Similar vibe. Has that yeah. Boy and girl usually meet. Um anyway, completely that would look like that's just a very random. Anyway, um this they talk so <laughs> okay i was waiting for when we were going to mention really this <laughs> and i think that that is okay i really love this it's great mm-hmm. i think that you, you cannot ignore the fact that that's a big turnoff for a lot of people you, you have is. to you have to either have like a system where you can constantly pause stuff or you have to be a, a pretty good speed reader to really get what's going on yeah. these guys or mostly how i did it is i yeah. read the best i could and then just filled in the blanks eventually yeah, yeah that's where that i got to times. especially when there was like a bunch of japanese words on the screen and they were also translating those <laughs> and they were also translating the the speech and i was just like whatever dude i'll figure it out yeah <laughs> and then sometimes like the line the same line is at the bottom of the screen and then it decides mm-hmm. to move it to the top mm-hmm. of the screen cuz it's displaying other information yeah so yeah. it's just it's kind of fun at times. Just it's one of those things that I, it sucks, but I don't fault it because it's it, it's not like they spoke this fast and were thinking about oh will the Americans be able to keep up? I'm sure it's very yeah. easy to keep up with that speed. Like if I just thinking about like an English movie with people that talk that fast, I would be able to handle that. His Girl Friday? Yeah, exactly. I'd be able to handle that. It's not like the end of a pharmacy ad or a pharmaceutical ad. It is no, within reason. Quite. Well, it sounds like that. And so it, it totally, I'm glad they didn't cater. Yeah, it totally adds to... Like, that's the style of it. You know, that's what it's all about. And I actually talked with um a friend who knows more about, like, um these campus novels, these light novels... And that's sort of how these are written, and that's sort of how they sort of get adapted, is these very fast-talking, snappy, just, like, really witty, almost like a very fast Woody Allen film with, like, the crazy yeah. uh, neurosis and just, like, lots going on. It, it also, I imagine, would offer a pretty good rewatching experience because you can literally mm. read words that you didn't have. Yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, yeah, like <laughs> rewatch it to actually see everything. <laughs> I would I would say for people getting mm. into it that you will know if you like it, regardless of how much you're able to read, you'll know if you're on board pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Totally. With it or not. Totally. Whether or not you can read all the dialogue and it, Mostly that's just because it's it's a very unique visual experience and you can get into that and be down with that really quickly before you're necessarily fully into the story of what's going on. And I think that if you are drawn to the, the visual presentation of this show, don't worry about understanding it and you can watch it again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I do think that for me, at least, a second viewing would would be beneficial i've already started mm-hmm. the second viewing and it is better awesome oh yeah yeah I've, I've watched like halfway through again and it's just so awesome and it's nice because it's pretty short too uh yeah, only like 11 episodes movie. yeah yeah 11 episodes 20 ish minutes each 
easy. Yeah, it's shorter than Fanny Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know, our that's our metric. Said, <laughs> the reason I love the night is short is one because the animation is amazing. It's unlike anything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, great, and style. they have a lot of that in this. Uh, but two, a huge reason why I love it is that it, it's its very own brand of weird. And this is just is as weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, best and, way to yeah. bring this up is uh, one, one of the main characters is a sex doll. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's an entire episode <laughs> devoted to the main character just thinking contemplating starting a relationship with a sex doll there's a great like again that that three episode arc we're talking about is him Mm -hmm. at um when he goes out on a date with ryoko and it's like you know the entire show is just him reliving his college years or trying new things but then there's like a three episode arc where he just tries three different approaches to the same night I think that's my favorite part of the whole show. That was really cool. I, Interesting. I, that was actually my least favorite part. Really? Of the whole show. Oh no. Yeah, bro. I. Okay. Here's the thing. Everything <laughs> that I love about the show is not featured heavily in those arcs. Ozu isn't in it. <laughs> Higuchi is isn't great. in it all that much. Fair. Uh, um, Joe is in it a little bit, but. Those like the the parts of the show that made it really fun and interesting to me, the kind of repeating the same day over and over again, just it it kind of turned its on it uh, turned itself on its head a little too soon and a little too abruptly. Like it, you you start this three episode arc, and this might be something like it might be better on on a second viewing. You start the three episode arc, and you're not you think it's just like continuing with the regular yeah. shtick. And it's not, and it's very off-putting on at least that second episode. It's just like, am I watching the same thing again? Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it wasn't as fun as kind of like those first episodes, but not yeah. saying I disliked it. I just should be noted to um, all of the episodes except the first and the last were storyboarded and directed by different uh, artists other than Masaki Yuasa. And I feel like once you watch it a few times, you definitely start to notice hmm. the uh, very interesting, like different feels to everything. That that three parter definitely has its own little vibe to it, most mm-hmm. certainly. But I think um, I think we, we're skirting around. Maybe it's time to hit the spoiler button to talk about the last two episodes. Really, the last three. Yeah. 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 Here. Okay. So. I need to rewatch Night is Short, Walk on Girl. Mm-hmm. Mostly just because it's great. And I've, I've never denied that, Chandler. <laughs> but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find the right way to, to express this idea in that I think... I, I don't think I'm as keen on this as the both of you are, mm. um, even though I quite, quite enjoyed it. Mm. And I like Night is Short better mostly just because a lot of the really interesting animation style here is just a lot more polished and clean sure, and sure. nice in Night is Short in a way that I like. Yeah, I agree. That there's often, near near the end, we'll, we'll talk about this because that's spoilers, um, there's some really great visual stuff going on, but a lot of the 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 visual style of the show is almost as manic and fast-paced as 
the dialogue is mm-hmm. and it's great like th- th- this is not a negative in any way mm-hmm. but i just think that there's there's an improvement upon it in night is short that i really enjoy and that i think i really need to return to that film to get a i'll enjoy it even more this next time because i watched a time in galaxy well sure. see i i compare these two um they remind me a lot of yee yee and a brighter summer day where yee yee is like a lot more compact straightforward it's definitely it's saying a lot of things and it's exploring a lot of ideas but i think you can watch yee yee and get the a lot out of it the first time Whereas when I watched A Brighter Summer Day, I was just like, wait, what? What's happening? What is this? And by the end, when you know where it's all gone, you're like, oh, okay. And when you watch it again, you know, it's crazy. Um, Tatami Galaxy is similar because I didn't know what was happening for like the first three episodes. (laughs) I'm like, wait, hold on. Now he's a freshman again? And it it, it was around the time where you're introduced to, um, oh, what's his name? I'm pulling it up. Uh, Yogasaki, when he runs the film club. Where I'm like, oh, okay, mm. so this is what they're going to be doing. I get it. Mm. And I really like the idea because there are times where I, I feel to myself, I'm like, did I actually, you know, because they say college is the, the best years of your life. And I wasn't a party guy. I had very few friends that I spoke with all the time. It was more of like, let's hang out at my apartment, play video games and watch movies till three in the morning, like every week. And there are times where I'm like, should I, is that the right thing to do? Should I have done the more college things? And then the more I think about it, I'm like, that's what I had fun doing. That's what I liked doing. And I think this show really expresses that idea, that sentiment, that no matter what you did. Yeah, it it captures a universal idea that I think a lot of people have. You are you and going back in time is not going to change anything. And I think I think that show captures that really beautifully. Especially it's a bit of a there's another reference, I think, but a bit of a Groundhog Day narrative going on. Yeah, but Mm. a bit more spread out and very, very different, but Mm. right. Similar different, you know, especially the last the second to last episode is like stuck in one place Mm -hmm. and going crazy. Yeah, that's what it sort of throws a wrench into it. Yes. Yes. That was kind of spoilers. So, yeah. So in the the third to last episode, at the very end, the protagonist says, screw this. I'm basically going to lock myself (laughs) into this very safe existence, which is my room. And I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to do these clubs because they all suck and I I never have a good time. Um, And that's what's so interesting about the second to last episode because that's the only one that doesn't reset itself really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just keeps going and yeah and so it's just this very sudden just like break in the the narrative structure which i really loved um and also went just full like you know what's the word i'm looking for it just went straight into the the surreal with the uh, the never ending tatami oh, yeah. rooms which I thought was great. I also love the use of real real photos in the animation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be especially like in as those background. last two episodes. Yeah. Yes. Because it's kind of like creepy. That a lot. <laughs> there's some. There's one or two shots where he's in like a real environment, but it's more like just like a hand, kind of yeah. in frame. Yeah. It's very interesting. Very yeah. interesting choice. Again, like the the animation style is just all over the place, and especially in mm-hmm. like 
episode 10 where he goes into different rooms and they're different colors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's certain scenes in episode 11 where the saturation just changes completely mm. oh yeah every like episode has like its own tint to it right mm-hmm. like the first one you know it's a little yellow um it's, it's that nighttime that like walking around under the street light sort of yellowish niceness to it yeah and um and so everything has this tint and i think it all goes towards the end goal um because of course when he says no to all these lives it goes completely grayscale um and so basically just showing that like you know there was a tint and a color to all of these experiences you had but you know if if you reject that then it wasn't rose color mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it it wasn't the color he wanted but it was a very meaningful experience regardless and in that uh, episode 10 there's a men- mention of kafka it's a very literary, yeah. there's a lot of, quite a few references. Yeah, lots of, lots of literary thing. Kafka and, me- and Metamorphosis, great, great little reference. Yeah. I love the fact that, um, uh, looking at the name, what's his name? I love the fact that uh, Satoru Higuchi is just, is reading 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. For like the and then when he finally <laughs> returns it, he's crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not even it's, an emotional book. Like, I don't think anyone has no. ever cried during that book. It's I, very, I, yeah, I, but it was great. Straightforward book. I and he really, just, uh, I bonded with that because the whole time I was watching that episode, I was just eyeing my copy of Infinite Jest on a nearby table. <laughs> I've been like reading 10 pages at a time for almost a year now. I also love yeah, the... What, what uh, it, it took Higuchi like three years to read it or something? <laughs> I think it was more than yeah. that. It's like three yeah, or four It takes or five, him a long time. Yeah. I don't even think it's that long of a book. Is it? But that, that's a good example. No. no, it's not. But that's a good example of like the reoccurring things where he's reading mm. uh, 2000 Leagues Under the Sea and many of the episodes. Mm. And it's just like this small little thing and then it has this great little payoff. And yeah, yeah uh <laughs> I love in one of the first episodes when they go to a uh, uh, film guy's house. I forget his name. Jogasaki. Yeah, Jogasaki. Um, one of the funniest bits to me is the fact that he has a boob wall <laughs> <laughs> that keeps appearing. Yeah. And every time you go back to see him, it's just in the background. I'm like, oh, I forgot he's got a boob wall. <laughs> yeah, it's like Climbing it's it's a, it's a big point for like one quick thing, and then afterwards, it's just like, yeah, he's got a boob wall. A boob it's just climbing constant, wall. Yeah, it's a constant flow of like, wait, what? The um the the library police too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the bike police. The bike police. And the bike police, which yeah, is just like um that was really cool when like it was like inconvenience to the protagonist when he was in the bike club, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden when he's in the in the um what is Lucky it? Lucky cat. Golden the lucky, lucky cat, cat or something yeah the the chinese restaurant which is the secret like school society he becomes the leader of this bike crime group mm. and it's just and like all these around. just mm-hmm. yeah just all these small changes where you know it's a big thing in one lifetime uh but just on the context of things becomes just such a small detail in another it's just which is very interesting to explore i cannot emphasize how much how absurd this the show is like <laughs> it's just so out there consistently mm-hmm. 
right? Like mm-hmm. there's the boob wall, and then <laughs> who's it's Ryoko. It, the he she takes him back to her room, and she's just licking him on the couch <laughs> yep. with just a giant anime tongue. The and dental like, hygienist. What? I feel like we haven't oh we haven't goodness. even talked about Ozu. Oh god, that was you one see, this, thing. This it took me show. it took me a while to get used to that look of the character. Uh, he's like, ugly. Just, <laughs> like, Very how ugly. would you design a character like that? Oh, but that's it's like a. It just it, maybe, it grows on you. It does. And maybe just a quick note about my favorite, my absolute favorite design feature is how you know how Ozu and um, Higuchi and all of those crazy looking guys look in the anime. But then in the very last episode, they look normal. Did you notice that? Like they have a more realistic... Uh, Appearance? I, he has more, better proportions, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have I, quite I the fish Ozu. face. I don't remember um, Higuchi looking any different. It's very, it's very short, but everybody gets this more realistic uh, appearance, and you start to realize that, like these appearances that you saw were the protagonists, uh, you know, reflections of these characters, you know. He wasn't really just mm-hmm. he, he didn't accept who they really were. He was sort of flipping them into the the extreme of what they were. You know, so the the film guy is, is super buff, super manly. Um Higuchi's just way overblown with the crazy big chin and just ridiculous. Um, big belly and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Ozu is like this demon looking guy because he's he's such a demon in his life, but really he's just like He's just a dude. He's I love Ozu. Towards like the middle, every time Ozu appeared, I'm like, oh, it's Ozu. Yeah. And Ozu never really does anything. <laughs> yeah, when, just when like, he, he kind of disappears. He does go For away. those three episodes. But he comes back. He comes back in a cool way. Yeah. He's he comes like back a, and he steals a blimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey. The whole plot of him having a girlfriend uh-huh. felt like it needed just a little more setup in the beginning in the background but that might just be uh something that is fixed upon a rewatch it's like impossible to set up things though because they just tear it all down at the end of the episode yeah yeah no but i feel like those characters everyone besides the main character have some like basic traits that are always consistent across every timeline right true i mean the setup in a way is when he gets the balloon because you find out later that that was you know him doing it for the girl yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's not it just wasn't me. enough for me. It just felt like, oh, yeah, OK, we're going yeah. this direction with the character. I do love the protagonist saving Ozu at the end. It's wholesome. Very, very Naked. wholesome. 5, <laughs> <Yeah>. Weird. <laughs> just, oh, and what's oh, what's even better is that like you realize that like so none of the stuff has happened before. So Ozu doesn't even mm-hmm. know the protagonist mm-hmm. by this point in where the story takes place where he saves him. So he's like, who the hell? Just a complete random naked stranger. He's like, you don't know me, but we're connected. I, yeah, the, like the Mariana trench or whatever, that Uh visual they keep using over the black thread of fate. Yeah. And it turns, it turns out that they were connected by the the dark thread of fate. More, more so than night is short. It's, it's weirdly philosophical. 
that's why i'm excited to watch mm-hmm. it again because these little dips into like different ideologies are things that in the first watch i was still trying to process the subtitles i just read so i didn't get into <laughs> it but yeah it's really funny too very funny often yeah mostly because it's weird but it, oh, there's yeah. some like intentional jokes that really work well and the the reoccurring fortune teller is great <laughs> and eventually like halfway through she just starts taking the money from him like coming to him in the later episodes and just like grabbing his wallet and taking the money and then leaving it's just great <laughs> it's really literary too a lot of like mm. the inner monologues of the protagonist have some like I'm reading I'm still reading Charlie Kaufman's the whole right thing now, it's just they're very inner monologue it's just yeah. constant stream of consciousness yeah but it's it's never like annoying he that's also part of the reason why I think that those parts are so fast because it is it's just every thought that he's having in his head all at the same time he's making conclusions from A to B like mid sentence um mm-hmm. But yeah, he's. I, th- I found his character to be uh, very similar to his in Night is Short, just maybe a little more determined. I think same type of protagonist. Yeah, cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we say our favorite characters? Mm-hmm. I, I thought I already said mine. It's Higuchi, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to point out. I also love that um, the protagonist Dick is a cowboy. <laughs> Ah, uh, Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, that, that that was sort of. I think I think that was sort of what that three parter is for was to explain uh, the protagonist's penis. Well, because you know, in the in the in the intro credits or whatever the opening theme, it shows you every mm-hmm. character. And for the yeah. first like mm-hmm. five episodes, I'm like, who the fuck is that cowboy? Who the hell is and this cowboy? Series, like, this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> that that was another thing. Small complaint here. Mm. I felt that there was not really a reason to wait five episodes to introduce that portion of it. Like it felt like an important thing that would naturally come up sooner. (laughs) Okay, cool. But I really appreciated in that episode, there was also more personifications of his brain. Yeah. Like the the amygdala and the frontal cortex. And they're having an argument. And I think it, really it I think it makes I, the, I would have loved more of that but it's yeah it makes the 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 brain stew that is his monologues a lot easier to uh <laughs> to comprehend when they just show it to you. Uh my oh, favorite, is character, your favorite character also What's up? Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say your favorite character also Ozu. No, I, I, was, <laughs> I was asking what your favorite character was. Oh fuck. Um <laughs> uh mine mine is probably Akashi the the girl the the girl gamer um i think compared <laughs> i think compared to the woman protagonist in night and short whose name i am blanking on um i just I, I just love her like just very stern and straightforward personality uh Unless maybe a little a cold yeah and that yeah the very irrational, irrational yeah very never, rational compared not charming very you know compared to the protagonist who's like all over the place and then she's just like nah dude it's it's, it's not that it's not that deep <laughs> oh yeah i thought i thought i thought that was interesting i feel like she was constantly grounding the protagonist which was nice yeah um but yeah she was she was one of my favorites too 
because it's kind of interesting how she always remembers the promise that they made to uh, try the ramen yeah. stall. I thought that was very interesting. That ramen stall looks so delicious. God, it's so cozy. I want to go there. I want ramen, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it bad. might be I was made at, out I'm of actually cats, thinking about but... making a Castella, the cake. Mm. Was that looks what? looks easy enough? Yo, when I'd he like cuts into one. the Castella, and it's just like just that that little give, like that pillowy <laughs> give. Mm. <sighs> I was hungry. <laughs> There's a lot of really great animation details. Yeah. In in this, yeah, and. One that I pointed out specifically was in episode six in the first time that the main character and Jogasaki have the drinking game, mm-hmm. the animation quality dips. Like it gets the, the animation quality gets less and less polished every time they take a drink. Mm-hmm. And then it eventually <laughs> just switches into a uh, split screen of all like the different times they're taking drinks. And it just is just, jumbled at the end it was a really right. great visual way of showing a drinking game and getting progressively more drunk oh yeah this series is like the best way to study visual storytelling because almost oh, yeah. everything it does is you know every it, it breaks its own rules sometimes just to show you this visual representation of what's going on and uh, that's what I love most about it. Well, that's the thing about the animation is that animation is so great. And the best animation movie animated movies are so great because it is the infinite possibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. Might as well. Lazy animation is the most annoying thing ever because you can do anything. And this show is that's why I love it so much is because they they make full use of the medium and they mm-hmm. just get so weird with it. Not every animated thing needs to be so weird, but I love it when they do, and this show does it better than anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely even worse if it tries if an animation tries to be overly realistic, because yeah. it, and it's the same thing with movies because animation is just movies, you know, motion picture, it's motion it's, drawing. It, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just bothersome with when like, you know, why are we taking something which is so obviously not real? and trying to make it real you know it's already absurd enough Mm -hmm. or absurd by nature so i think that uh i think that we should just keep we should just dig into that instead i don't know why i just thought of this but the the best counter example not counter example just the the most opposite thing to tommy galaxy i can think of is joshua in the promised land (laughs) (laughs) absolutely terrible unnecessary blandly animated that is well it does get weird compared to be fair oh it's weird but i don't think that's the animation's fault yeah i don't think that's what they were going for (laughs) no no. they intended something else Uh, the have either of you ever seen uh paprika no i haven't i've seen that just recently that's a that's another uh no i don't want the spice thank you very much (laughs) that's another uh, movie uh, anime movie that takes full advantage of being animated totally i love I that equally recommend it as, as like if you like that kind of thing where like animation taken to the nth degree yeah this paprika there's a few other things i think wes anderson does it pretty well mm-hmm. yeah Miyazaki, obviously 
Yeah, sort of a different approach to the that, yeah. Fantasia, of course. Of course. One of the, one of the first examples of actual animation being done to the, express. Uh, the only good Disney movie. Uh, so the, good. The Ant Boy. It just gets better every time I watch it. Over the Hedge. Just, I just love classical music, too. Uh, Madagascar 3. Oh, I like that. I've seen that all one. Of them. I, I think that Madagascar 2 was a bit better, a bit better of the displaying the auteur's vision. But well, no, well, Noah Bombeck's you know. vision in three is Madagascar 2 is the perfect example of the auteur theory <laughs> debate. <laughs> when a director has f- full control of their design, do you remember the opening of Kung Fu Panda? Yes. More or less. That, that's another good example of using animation it's a, it's a in different trilogy. styles in the same same movie. Mm, mm-hmm. Not not as uh, out there as as you know these anime, but still there are examples of uh, Western animation that have decided to do something. Oh, let's have some fun. An occasional uh, moment of genius from Western animation. Now I'm just thinking about it. It makes me sad. <laughs> Maybe as a, All the wasted potential. a final little note, I just found this article here that says that the Tatami Galaxy novel just got a sequel 16 years later, but just this summer, this is July, uh, we got ourselves a sequel, at least in novel form. That's interesting. We'll have to see if, 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 it, if we get an an- another anime out of that. I need to, I want to go back and watch more of this stuff because he's made a decent amount of stuff. He, I mean, I mean, he made Devil Man Cry Baby, which like blew everybody out of the water in 2018. That was the, um, yeah, that one looks great. Uh, 2018 is that recent? Wow. The yeah. one I have saved that I want to order is um, Mind Game because yep. holy shit, that looks that one. If you like, if you <laughs> like the segment, than anything. If you like the segment in Night is Short, Walk On Girl, where the the girl walks basic is like going to the protagonist's apartment but yeah. it's like this crazy uh cluster of all the all of the little hymns trying to stop her it's basically yeah. that but a whole movie so i actually think this is this is another great piece of media for our time like being in quarantine this i is literally a good started quarantine I, related i i got to the last two episodes as i was locked in this room Mm, that's crazy bad. wow yeah <laughs> good timing bad timing i don't know uh, Great timing. weird timing no, yeah okay good yeah because it's like it's like the ultimate moment of you know freedom <laughs> while you've just been locked mm-hmm. away <laughs> at the end where he he tries the ramen for the first time <sighs> in a long time mm. and is crying <laughs> that's how i feel i just perfect I to go out to a ramen shop <sighs> bad please. please i still get sushi regularly that's fair jacob when you I come down here i need to introduce you to my sushi man i love the sushi man i love your sushi man stories i've i've told other chandler multiple stories about this sushi man jacob you sushi need man to the sushi man the sushi chandler man is... uh, i think you should start writing a series about sushi man <laughs> i want to because this guy is great 20 minute episodes title it sushi man i'm just gonna give you one quick weird. little thing that he does he plays reruns of sports games like when I went in there, I was watching like an '80s Chicago Bulls game, and he was like, "I don't know why that's so charming and funny." <laughs> it's great. great. He's got like little uh, Goku's on the wall. I love him. It's such a it's such a a show of refinement that he can appreciate watching just old sports games. Like he's not 
like he's seen racing. It before. He told me he's seen it before. He's there for the game, not yeah. Not you know, he's not racing to be you know talking about the the latest game and the latest season. No. He's just like, I don't know, I just like this game. It's a good game. <laughs> the important thing is he makes great sushi. That is important. That's good. The the extra bits of personality around that mm. just cherry on it's top. It's the foundation. It's the foundation. You should um you should make it like um what is it Jiro dreams of, of sushi. You should make it that, but just like a really surreal, just like story of this crazy sushi guy. I don't know his name. I have his business card. <laughs> so two two final little thoughts. In the last episode, I found there's a line where the main character uh, is saying all the things that he's going to be be doing now that he has a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he shouts out. I'll help Jogasaki with his passionate, meaningless films. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's funny. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I started thinking about all the passion, passionate, meaningless films made in college. Mm. I was like, oh, I'd love to go back to those days. Some it's of the like films that the protagonist nice. made look pretty good. The documentary yeah. about uh, the other guy. Yeah. The expose <laughs> on Jogasaki. That was fun. And his weird fetishes. But the last episode. So... In anime, one of the great, great little joys of watching anime is the opening and the end credits because mm. they actually care about that stuff. Mm. Unlike in a lot of yeah. Western TV shows where it's just kind of thrown together. And the the opening credits on this grew on me, but I'm not. They're not, they're not amazing. No, it's not amazing. It's a good song. I love the end credits. The ending goes crazy at the end. Every time I watched the ending credits and then I was treated to the best surprise in the world in episode 11 when they put the end credits at the beginning and then they make them blue and white in like a a blueprint aesthetic. Mm hmm. That was so good. That was just like the cherry on the top of like they got us. It's a very like simple thing, almost cliched thing to do, like mm-hmm. repeat of like switching the order of things to make it seem like there's like a full circle kind of thing going on. Mm. But it got me because <laughs> it was they changed up the style, and I love that. Like the end credit was clearly the better of the two, of like the beginning <laughs> and the end credit. Anyway, I loved it. It was really good. Please, if you're watching good, good anime. Don't skip the beginning and end credits. No. Well, I, at this point, Please I'm don't. doing it for Full Metal Alchemist. I am at the point <laughs> where I could, from memory, repeat a good a good portion of the the first end credit sequence of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Damn. Damn. And it's and it's in Japanese. Like I, just, I will say I've seen it. Too of many. the few animes I've seen, the only. Intro credits I never skip are Cowboy Bebops. Because I, I will, I'll eventually get you on the, the, the hype train for all five, opening, and end credit sequences for Brotherhood are amazing. <laughs> Mostly because the music's great, animation's fun. Music is fun like to watch. I do like the songs; they're great. The fifth one is the best, in my opinion. But we've we've now circled back to my obsession with brotherhood but. well then let's end that obsession yeah with- yes <laughs> well, oh no don't end it never end it